Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, what do we think Nintendo has planned for us this year? How would you like to sit in the Star Trek captain's chair? And what were the best-selling video games of 2018? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great programs. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. He's the original Nintendo Switch for Humanica Media. You gotta check out everything going on today at humanicamedia.com, Humanicamedia on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and so much more. It is my good friend. Probably getting ready to play the Switch himself right now. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, my friend? Oh, you mean this Switch right here? Actually, I was meaning this Switch right oh, here. You, you think you're cool because you got red and blue Joy-Cons? Yeah, I, I'm just really i'm i'm all that and a cup of java when it comes to the nintendo switch mm, is that a is that a html code joke something like that something like that <laughs> hey i'm gonna open up by saying something controversial ubisoft is spineless did you see they announced that update today saying they're changing that scene in assassin's creed they're gonna spend thousands of dollars because less than one percent of the people who played the game are offended that is that is spineless we did speak about this on our last episode, the Pop Culture Cosmos, in regards to the Assassin's Creed DLC. So if you want to hear our full conversation on the tail end of that episode, we kind of disagreed on what was going on with Ubisoft. I said it was narrow-minded on their part as far as to actually even go ahead with that type of DLC in the first place. So in the politically correct world that we live in here in 2019, something like that was bound to come out as far as disagreement, Somebody who's playing the game that didn't want to follow the same path that they were hoping you would has a little bit of issue with it. If you want to go ahead and do those type of things, by all means. But you know what? When you've got people that are spending hard-earned cash for DLC, even if it is at 1%, they should be able to experience the game as well. And like I said, it was just something that was a maybe not well thought out on Ubisoft's part to have the game one way and the DLC another. 
seemed like it was kind of a misstep between maybe possibly two departments that just didn't speak to each other and went ahead with this. So you knew this was going to happen, my friend. It just seemed like only a question of when, but not if. Yeah. Okay. You know, the damage was done, but it's expensive to make a cutscene. You know, it's super expensive. Look at how, like, Final Fantasy, a big portion of their budget is spent on cutscenes. And the ones in Assassin's Creed are no joke. And the, the fact that they're spending thousands of dollars to please less than 1% of people who are offended or whining. Well, you don't know if it's less than 1%, but it is I'm not the majority. Sure it's less than 1% because that's the, the media always makes certain groups of individuals look like they're a lot bigger than they actually are. That's just from talking to people who have done population research. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're going to continue to agree to disagree on this one, but I just wanted to give listeners an update on that whole thing. But then again, it's also an investment that people are making with Ubisoft when they and then they put in that extra amount of dollars. Because how much is the DLC bundle for Assassin's Creed Odyssey? It's $19.99. That's still one third more of another game that I could have spent $60 on. And I'm spending it with Ubisoft in good faith. And yes, it is a small minority of the individuals that are playing the game out there. But you knew it was going to happen, my friend. Well, here's it just... the thing, though. Here's the thing. With other games that have social things in them, Life is Strange is a big one. People complain about that. And then the response to that is, hey, well, don't buy the game. You know, and that's, it's just none of this, none of these arguments are on equal footing with each other. And it drives me crazy. Well, it just goes to show you out there what people can do if they want to go ahead and put their mind to it when it comes to social media. They want to go ahead and illustrate their point. And have it come across on a mass media scale, it can be done. And in this case, where the Ubisoft DLC has to be changed, it got done in a fashion that catered to a minority of the gamers that are playing it. A lot of them don't even care. In fact, most gamers don't even care as far as when they were playing through the DLC. But it did bother some, and that was enough to make Ubisoft change its mind. But we are going to have a great episode indeed. Josh and I are going to be probably in agreement when we talk about Nintendo's year coming up. A lot of great things are on the way for it, and we're going to be trying to break down some of the things that are going on. Plus, how is Nintendo Switch shaping up now that it's closing in on two years down the line as far as being a upfront AAA console? How is it doing? How is it faring in the marketplace? We're going to talk about that as well. Also, speaking of the video game marketplace, the numbers came out from the MPD as far as for the year 2018. What were the best-selling video games for 2018? We're going to break that down to some of the things that were there and some of the things that were not there, which kind of surprised us as well. Plus, we're going to be talking to the folks at Arosi. They're awesome gaming chairs, including they're going to talk about the Star Trek gaming chair, which they just debuted at CES 2019. Also going to talk to the great folks at Plantronics at CES 2019 as well. And then last but not least, I'm going to go ahead and share some thoughts on the Royal Rumble. We couldn't get our friends on at the Heavyweight Chumps, but we are planning to do something in the near future with them. Technical difficulties kind of prevented us from doing an interview with them, previewing the Royal Rumble. So I'm going to share some thoughts on the end. But if you get a chance, check out their awesome show, The Heavyweight Chumps, which is available on Apple Podcasts and so many other podcast outlets. It's a great show indeed. But we've also got a great show coming up right now for you, my friend. So I want to ask you, what are your thoughts 
going into 2019, what's your enthusiasm level like for what's going on with the Nintendo Switch? I'm pretty excited, actually, because what it's been a year. So we're getting a new Pokemon game, a, a full-fledged Pokemon game. And it's been over a year since we had Mario, and they're allegedly working on a new Zelda game. So there's got to be, you know, Nintendo showed a lot of their cards last year with Mario Tennis Aces, uh, the uh, Super Smash Brothers. So they have to have some big, like, mainline titles coming up, AAA studio-owned titles coming out. And it's got to be either Mario or Donkey Kong. I'm really curious what they have up their sleeve, but I'm super excited about it. And also... You know, that announcement that Square made earlier in 2018 where they're saying they're bringing all their Final Fantasies to Switch. And the first of those rolls out on April 4th, I want to say. And it's Final Fantasy 10, 10, 2, and then followed by 12. And I'm not sure when 7 and 9 are coming out. But the Switch is, it's not a very powerful system, but they're putting out games that people actually want to play. And for that, they're doing really well. I did want to ask you, though, because I keep hearing people talking about how the uh, Nintendo shop has become like a place for people to just to throw, you know, any old indie garbage out onto their shop. And I just want to know, what do you think of that? Do you think that that will actually harm them in the long run? Didn't harm the Wii at all, because that was a place for a ton of garbage games to go. I think the what the final list is over a thousand games on the Wii. And a lot of that was just stuff that is not playable in any form or any fashion. I was going to ask because the joke was funny. Is Rob going to do a Wii Quest? Not to my knowledge yet, but he <laughs> hasn't announced anything. No, well, because it's you know it seems like that would be infinitely harder to do than any of the other ones. Oh, tell no. me about it. Well, <laughs> actually, you know what? If you have a hundred bucks, you already got That's most of the true. titles right there. The Wii was known for shovelware primarily, but yeah, man, like the there because and, and you know a lot of they do do a good job of vetting out indie games so it's like steam you can literally put anything on there you get their dev kit and you can put you can make whatever you want throw whatever you want up on their marketplace but with switch like i know nintendo there's a vetting process that they do to make sure but then again a lot of the games that do make it up there aren't that good so that being said though do you think that nintendo is going to be investing more into remakes of popular franchises like yakuza and you know how they do with okami hd and the final fantasy games you think we're going to be seeing like a maybe a remaster of ocarina of time or any of those uh those old classics that people love to play well let's just say this about their vetting process it looks like it's still somewhat of the same that they were that they were doing with the wii they've got a system that's hot it's actually doing according to the mpd that's out there for 2018 it was the best selling console of 2018 and in fact it had a month that was one of the biggest months since one of the first playstation 4 months that was out there in 2015 that just tells you that there's so much interest in the nintendo switch it is now at a pace where it is at or a little bit above what's what the PlayStation 4 is doing at a similar point in time. So you've got something that's generating a lot of sales, a lot of dollars, and it's been done by not only introducing key cornerstone games that are new, but also, like you said, developing older and remaking those. We've seen the success with Super Smash Brothers Ultimate which, yes, you could say is a new game, but a lot of that's just revamped from older versions of other Super Smash Brothers. You've seen what they've done with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. 
I agree with you. I think there's going to be a little bit more as far as some older games from their lineup that are brought back and remade and and brought out as maybe like a stopgap until they have really cornerstone AAA games that they can throw out there. I agree with you. I think there's another Donkey Kong Country maybe or some type of Donkey Kong type deal that's on the way. Another Mario game? Possibly. I know that's the big ticket for them. Zelda can't come, I don't think, too early enough, but I don't think it's going to happen this year. I do think that there is a lot that they can draw from. Metroid, everybody seems to be wanting something from the Metroid sphere. But I ask you this, if Metroid, if if they were to focus any length of time on Metroid and put an emphasis on that like they have in the past with Metroid Prime for the Wii, they didn't see, obviously see the residual returns for that game enough to go ahead and warrant continuing making efforts to put more Metroids out there. Do you see Metroid becoming a key component of what's going on with Nintendo Switch? I don't, because I don't think they really have much faith in the franchise. See, it's weird you asked me that, because I was actually thinking about that recently. Metroid is, like, I like the game. I've always liked that franchise, but they really, it's not compared to a lot of the AAA games out there today. Like, look at God of War, right? God of War tells this really compelling story. Halo, not story is not as compelling, but it's got it's got a rich world, right? Rich world full of characters and, and points of interest that you really want to know about. Metroid is still kind of stuck in Metroid. You know, it hasn't like there's no the graphics are updated and everything looks newer, but it's not it doesn't have a story that really makes gamers want to play it when you think about AAA games and the way that they tell stories these days. So I'd be down to play it, but I would like to see it rebooted. You know, I'd like to see some form of it that is compelling and not just, you know, me just mindlessly playing a game for the sake of playing it. How do you feel about Metroid, though? I know this is something that we haven't really ever discussed, uh, so I'm, I'm curious. Metroid, for me, has not been something I've really got into too much. I know Metroid Prime for the Wii was something that a good friend of mine was playing religiously for hours and hours on end. But to me, Metroid has never really captured enough of a fan base, a large enough fan base. And all apologies to any of the hardcores that are out there because Metroid does have a hardcore community that loves and eats up anything that's Metroid. But it's not large enough compared to the Zeldas, to the Marios, to the Donkey Kongs, to all the other major characters that are out there in the Nintendo universe. It just, the the Tales of Samus, Uh, really just does not resonate with a whole bunch of gamers out there enough to warrant continually bringing back the franchise with new iterations every three to five years. You know, it seems like if they do bring back Metroid in some form or fashion, it's because they're stuck or because they're, I guess, perplexed on maybe what they need to bring out that's a familiar character that they have in their library because while they are bringing out animal crossing and like you said more pokemon and a couple other things mario may be a year off a new mario kart may be a year off Uh, donkey kong there may be something this year a mario kart there could be something this year a new one version per se but zelda is at least another year off a new mario type universe type world type deal that could be another year off so any major titles that are willing to draw in even more customers to the Nintendo Switch 
maybe something that's a little ways off instead of being instead of coming out in 2019. So they may be stuck for a, a type of franchise that's somewhat familiar. And if that's the case, Metroid may be just enough to fit the bill. But as a top of the line selling game series, to me, it just does not measure up to anything else that Nintendo has to offer. Just even Splatoon to me, I think at this point in time is a bigger deal in the Nintendo universe. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I honestly, I don't have any interest in, in Metro, uh, uh, at least not another one. Like, they have a lot of uh, properties that they could, you know. I mean, have... Star, Fox, Star Fox didn't even resonate either when it tried, when they tried to bring back that franchise. I don't think people have the patience to play those type of simulator games anymore. And it's sad to say it, but it's true. It, you know, and that's not to say that Nintendo doesn't have plenty of other opportunities to create new types of games right you can always make a deal with konami and have a castlevania game like that would be cool a, a switch exclusive final fantasy game like there there's plenty of opportunities right there to to put stuff out that people will want to play to hold us over until mario or or whatever it is that comes out next or even like you know like i said before there's plenty of remasters that could happen you know you have zelda ocarina of time people have been clamoring for that for such a long time a remake of Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, that would be amazing. Diddy Kong Racing, like that would be another one that people would love to play. Like there's there's a lot that they can do and the fact that we haven't seen any announcements or heard anything about what's going to be, you know, coming our way the holiday season of 2019, it, it really makes me wonder with the exception of Pokémon, what are we going to get? And you're right because they have the momentum right now. They are selling at a very brisk pace for video game systems. Like I said, their November and December was on par with almost anything we've seen in the past decade since the Nintendo Wii, pretty much. The PlayStation 4 has had one or two months that have matched it, but for the most part, we've not seen anything like this as far as a video game system that has gone out the door in great volume in quite some time since the inception of the PlayStation 4, and then also before that, the Nintendo Wii. So it is just truly amazing what they've done with it because a lot of people are getting on board with it that didn't get on board with the Wii U and all rights to the Wii U. That was a system that it it never had a chance. You can say train wreck. It's all right. I remember the E3 presentation and that was a train wreck. And I think it just all went downhill from there. They were smart enough to move off that very quickly and into the Switch. Another question I want to ask you is, the Nintendo Switch at 299, the base model that we have now, has been under a great deal of speculation with other models being bandied about, a more expensive and a cheaper version as a possibility for being released maybe at the end of the year during the holiday season. Is that a definite possibility? And do you think it would be a smart move if Nintendo did something like that and made separate versions like they did with the 3DS? You know, I, I got two thoughts on that. One, I keep hearing whisperings of people saying that they're going to make a Switch that, you know, is permanently attached to the Joy-Cons, kind of like the uh, the th- Nintendo 3DS XL. And I, I, I asked them why. What's the point? You know, it's already the Switch is designed to be a handheld and something you put on a dock why would you buy it and not want the dock feature that doesn't make any sense to me my other thought is this that nintendo is already known for creating things at the best possible product at the lowest possible price point and i wonder if they did have something else come out and it was cheaper would we be getting less quality out of it 
I think we would be getting less horsepower under the hood. And for a system that is already underpowered compared to the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, that to me would not be a very wise move. And we've seen a lot of ports come over. For instance, Skyrim from Bethesda, which has been ported all over the universe when it comes to the gaming world. And that really has done a terrible job at times because it's so hard to run and the frame rate. There are other examples of ports coming over where the frame rate is just awful. The latest WWE 2K game, for example, I heard was just absolutely awful at times because it cannot handle in the, uh, I guess, the handheld mode. Once you go from the the mode where it's attached to the docking station to the handheld mode, a lot of games really suffer as far as frame rate and performance is concerned when you go to the handheld mode. So if you were to make something cheaper, make something less powerful, that would not be a good move. But I, I personally see something on the other end where it could be a little bit stronger processor underneath, possibly sold at maybe a 349 or a 399 price point. We're talking like a PlayStation Pro or an Xbox One X type deal? Something like that. It would be a step in the right direction, at least as far as being able to play a lot of the games that a lot of gamers want to play on the Nintendo Switch. People have like weird tastes in what they want to play. So if Nintendo can deliver something that is an experience like Breath of the Wild, and that is enough to hold people over, because all it really takes is one or two games for Nintendo Switch to be the dominating system. It's funny how this battle is coming down to three or four titles from each console. So I don't know, man. Like it's, It's such a weird thing. Xbox has been so far behind because they haven't put out anything original that people actually want to play. But this year, they might do it. So... I don't know, man. Like, I'm almost afraid to call it. Switch has to try, put very little effort into being the number one console. But, you know, Sony and Xbox are both looking to make that comeback this year. So it's hard to say for sure. I don't think Nintendo Switch, Xbox, and PlayStation 4 will have enough AAA generators, money making generators to go ahead and surpass what they did in 2018. I still see it as a solid year, but I don't think it's going to be the same type of year that we're going to see from the movie industry that we talked about on a previous episode. To close out our conversation when it comes to Nintendo Switch, I still think it's going to be the number one seller that's going to be out there this year. PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, the market's already saturated greatly for both of those consoles. I still think when the smoke is cleared and all is said and done, the Nintendo Switch will come out on top yet again. We're coming up right after the break. It's back to CES 2019 for a great conversation we have with the folks from Plantronics. Then after that, Josh and I are going to be talking about the best-selling games of 2018, what was hot and what was not when it comes to what you bought out there as far as video games last year, the PCC Multiverse. Looking for an edge the next time you take on your favorite video game? Then check out Vitabrace High Performance Gamer Wristbands. Packed with the power of fruit seed oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Head to MiracleFruitOil.com and use the promo code MEDIA10 to get $10 off your Vitabrace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speedrun or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com. That's MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace, 
win with it. All right, I'm back here at CES 2019 at Pepcom. I finally, finally, after all night, I've been trying to come by this place, but there's been crowd after crowd, people gathering in. I don't know, are you, are you, let me ask you, I've got Jordan Thiel here with Plantronics, Plantronics Audio here. Okay, I know you've got a lot of great audio, but, mm -hmm. but is there something else? Have you been selling anything nefarious? Have you been giving away stuff that, you know, gold nuggets or anything else? Because it, out of all the booths that are out here, this is probably one of the most crowded that's been here at Pepcom NCES 2019. You know, no gold this year. However, I had some people ask if we had a keg in the back and we were serving beer, but unfortunately no kegs either. It's just free, it's open bar here, so there's no need to do it. I think it's just great products and people are very interested and what we've been launching this past uh, this past you know six months or so, and you know I'll take that opportunity to segue into what we have launched. The first product that we've launched um, in September, we launched uh, our biggest launch as a consumer company ever, um, which was five products at one time. The Hero product is the Backbeat Fit 3100. The Backbeat Fit 3100 is a truly wireless product, the first that we've done as a company um, to really you know match the market. It, it, the whole market is going to truly wireless. You see the AirPods of the world. You see all those type of companies. But our product, what makes it unique is it's built for outdoor sports specifically. So it has the around the ear ear loop to make sure it always stays on your ear. It has an open ear, always aware ear tip to make sure that if you're running through uh, you know, New York City or Los Angeles, you're gonna be able to hear a taxi that's coming up behind you that's about to hit you. So it allows you to hear your environment but hear your music at the same time. It has five hour battery life with the headset in itself. And then the charging case that you store it in gives it an additional 10, so 15 hours total. It's IP57 uh, water protected as well as sweat proof. Um, so you, you can withstand your most rigorous workouts and it retails for 149 and is currently available. Very nice, yeah. very nice. Moving on to our next, our second product is the Backbeat Fit 2100. It's basically the Backbeat Fit 3100, but it has an, uh, a band connecting the right and the left. So it's not truly wireless, and it's at a, a more affordable price point at $99. Okay. Um, it's for the people who aren't really interested in the truly wireless, they want something that is, you know, on both sides, they want a little more approachable price point, and it has the simplified UI just like the 3100 does. It's a touch or it's a tap, and you can customize those all through the Backbeat app um, to do whatever you want. So if you want to set a timer, if you want to launch a Spotify playlist, whatever is preferred to you, it's essentially like series shortcuts for our headsets. So that's that product. We also, on our lifestyle setting, we have launched the Backbeat Fit, uh, Backbeat Go 410, which is a uh, around-the-neck discrete product with active noise canceling in it. And it has smart sensors that turn off Bluetooth, turn off ANSI in order to preserve your battery life. It has seven hour battery life and retails for $129.99. And the great thing about this product is in this wearing style, there hasn't been the ability to go into corded mode because there's no room for a 3.5 millimeter cable. So what we did is we launched with a combo cable, which allows you to charge the headset through the micro USB, but it also allows you to plug in the micro USB on the headset and it goes to a 3.5 millimeter jack. So you can plug in if you're on a flight for in-flight entertainment or you can also, um, you know, if you run out of charge on this one, you can plug straight into your phone. That's the Backbeat Go 410. We also did the Backbeat Go 810, which is the over-the-ear, over-the-head cans version of the 410. It's an affordable noise canceling, so it's active noise canceling, and a very minimalist design that only retails for $149. So for active noise canceling within a headset, it's a great value for those that are a little more budget-friendly and are really looking for some high-quality ANC. Lastly, on our Fit lineup that we also launched was the Backbeat Fit 350, 
This is more designed for in-the-gym use cases. You want to block out noise. It has noise-isolating ear tips. It also has an ear loop to make sure it's um, very secure. And then it's a loose uh, cable that goes behind your neck, which is friction-free, so it's not going to stick on your skin while you're doing your workout or while you're sweating. And it also has that sweat-proof rating. That's that just what I was going to ask you, yeah. And it has that sweat-proof rating, so you're going to be able to do your most intense workouts in it in the gym when you're really trying to block out that noise. And that retails for $79.99, so a very approachable price point with that product as well. On our gaming side, we launched the Rig 500 Pro series uh, last year, which is a great product that has a full metal exoskeleton headband as well as the ear cup. The metal gives it this acoustic chamber that really helps um, enhance your audio within it. And then it has a dual fabric ear cushion, which has leather on the outside to keep that audio in, and then a uh, fabric on the inside to make sure that you're staying cool while you're doing your gaming. In addition to that, it also has an audio game dial, which plugs right into your controller, so you can control your audio, get audio volume right on with your thumb. And then we also partner with Dolby, like with our previous products, to where it comes with a Dolby activation code. And Dolby Atmos allows you to get that competitive edge, um, so you can hear spatially exactly where things are coming from. So if a plane is flying from back to front on your right side, the sound is going to come from back to front. So you're going to be able to get that competitive edge to really feel where your opponent is when you're playing those, you know, shooter player versus player games. That's okay. If you just say Fortnite and Fortnite, add Fortnite to everything, it says go. okay. For Fortnite, it gives you that competitive edge and as, as well as Call of Duty and all those other games. Of, of course, of yeah. course. So, so that, is, that is everything new that we have launched uh, this past, you know, six months to a year or so. All of it is available on brick and mortar, Best Buy, um, Plantronics.com. You can all, find all of our products there. And yeah. So it was very exciting, a very exciting holiday launch for us. Well, as someone who has reviewed and also purchased many years ago before I even got in the industry, Plantronics that I had for many years, I know the durability, I know the sound quality has always been there with Plantronics. As someone that's also been able to go ahead and review these products, I just, you know, it's just awesome to see the lineup just getting even more robust and to see all the variation, the differentiation in as far as the, you know, for the different walks of life people have in their audio. Yeah, most definitely. And one comment I will make on that on durability and, and you know, reliability is 50 years ago when uh, Neil Armstrong landed on the moon, he was wearing a Plantronics headset, right? NASA depended on us to make sure that he had crisp, clear communication, and we bring that durability and reliability into our headsets now that we offer. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And if somebody wants to find more detailed information, obviously, like I said, brick and mortar, Plantronics is everywhere, you know, Amazon, Walmart, you know, you can, the list goes on and on, but if somebody wants to find detailed synopsis of each and every product that they're interested in when it comes to Plantronics, where's the best place to go? Plantronics.com, you can email me directly if you'd like to. I'm a product manager, so I have all the technical specifications and all the questions that you can have. I'll give you my contact information if any users have any uh, questions or issues. Oh, that's awesome. Once again, it's Jordan Thiel from Plantronics. So great to finally get a chance to talk to you after trying to squeeze in through, try to get an interview with you all night long. Just great to have you part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. We appreciate your persistence, yeah. Uh, thank you, thank you so much. Appreciate your time right here at CES 2019. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. And we're back again with a PCC Multiverse. Gerald coming right back at you here. If you need a listing of where we're being played at, because we're being played all around the world on stations, both terrestrial and internet, 
Check out our entire listing today at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, also Game Source on Facebook. There's a listing right there of all the radio stations that were being played on because we're being played on seven days a week. And it also has a listing of many of our over 30 different podcast outlets. You've got a great thing going on with Humanica Media, my friend. So share the goods. What's going on with your awesome experience known as Humanica Media? We just finished recording our Topic Ocalypse award show, so those will start trickling out here this week. But we've got about six episodes that I still need to edit and put out, so hang in there for those. Keep your eyes open. Those will be out soon. And don't forget, Topic Ocalypse also airs every Tuesday night on the Podcast Radio Network. Well, my friend, MPD, along with announcing that the Nintendo Switch was the best-selling console of 2018, they also announced the top 20 selling games of the year for 2018. It's very interesting reading, I'll tell you that, because it does not include digital sales, but from what we gather, it was still a great year for many of these titles. So I'm going to read it from 20 all the way down to 1. At number 20, for the best-selling video games of 2018, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, 19 was Super Mario Party, 18 The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, 17 Dragon Ball Fighter Z, 16 Call of Duty World War II, 15 Super Mario Odyssey, 14 Battlefield 5, 13 FIFA 19, 12 Mario Kart 8, 11 Grand Theft Auto 5, 10 Assassin's Creed Odyssey, 9 Monster Hunter World, 8 God of War, 7 Far Cry 5, 6 Marvel Spider-Man, 5 Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, 4 Madden NFL 19, number 3 NBA 2K19, number 2 Call of Duty Black Ops 4, and number 1, I thought it was going to be Call of Duty Black Ops 4, but this actually superseded it, which is what I thought would happen earlier in the year. But then my thoughts changed on it, and I thought Call of Duty was going to win out. But you know what? Red Dead Redemption 2 was the best-selling game in the United States for 2018. So I want to hear your thoughts, man, as we go into 2019 here, before we head into full-blown talking about 2019 video games the rest of the way. Your thoughts on some of the surprises and some also the, some of the things that you expected out of the sales for video games for 2018. You know, it's not even fair for a lot of developers because you know that anything that has a Madden or an NBA or a FIFA logo on it is going to sell. You know, it, it's, it doesn't even matter. Like the game could be crap, but people are still going to buy it. And that's what's always kind of weird about that. Grand Theft Auto 5, that's been out for what, seven years, eight years? I think going on six, if my memory... And it's still the number 11 game on this list here. And I love too, like Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Again, you know, I mentioned before that that was... It's closing on two years on that one. Two years, yeah. And it's still on the list. Like that goes, that speaks, you know, volumes about the quality game that it is. And that's, that's fantastic. Now, this doesn't include anything like Fortnite, which is a free-to-play game, which, if it was just based on of downloads, would actually destroy all of these games, and it generates its own money with the microtransactions, which right now for Epic is getting them a fortune. So it kind of comes with that caveat, and plus several of these titles as well did not enclose the digital numbers to the MPD. Okay, yeah, so that kind of you know snobs free-to-play games. It kind of makes free-to-play games seem 
of lesser quality than you know these these triple a titles obviously but not when it comes to the people making a paycheck at epic right now no but it's just the way that it looks you know it's the same way that like indie films don't really get the recognition they deserve in comparison with big budget movies right you know i'm looking at this list i've played probably about six of these things but it's interesting because you can look at this and you can tell what kind of games people are into. You know, it's sports games, it's first person shooters, or it's games that have a good story. You know, you got Red Dead, which is a horse riding simulator. You have Spider Man, you have God of War. <laughs> you have, <laughs> it's true, though. Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. Unfortunately, Eevee didn't make the list. But if you look at this list and you hear that whole thing where people are like, oh, people don't want big AAA game titles anymore, it's crap. You know, look at this top 20 list. All of these AAA titles and all of them have have big budgets and all of them tell stories that are compelling, you know, with the exception of the sports games. So I think the the video game industry is is doing well. And if an indie game can ever get to the point where they can tell a story like this and still keep their low budget, then some of these bigger studios might have something to worry about. Some of the surprises that I think is there is the fact that Marvel Spider-Man did finish so high. I don't think it would have finished so high if it weren't bundled in the holiday bundle that we saw so much of during the Black Friday season that was attached to a lot of PlayStation 4s, I think it probably would have ended up maybe on the backside of the top 10, maybe like a 9th, 10th, or, or even 11th if it, if it didn't get that kind of help. God of War, I think it, it they really did a good job with God of War. It finished number one or finished number two or in the top five of many Game of the Year lists. They did an outstanding job of that, and it just shows that people love quality games and that they will play it. Your game that you talked about so much over the course of 2018, Far Cry 5, even though that was all over the place with some people as far as the thoughts on that game, it did so well on the front end and during the middle part of the year in 2018 that it ended up in the top 10, so kudos to Ubisoft for that. I was surprised to see NBA now for the third year in a row is now outpacing Madden NFL here in the States as far as a premier sports video game that it was just looked like it's outselling Madden NFL 19. And that to me is kind of surprising right there that it's not only done it this past year, but it's done it for the past three years. The Nintendo games, when it comes to their sales, they are still augmented by the fact that they do not report digital sales. So it tells me Super Smash Brothers Ultimate could have finished a lot higher on the list than it did number five. And like you said, Grand Theft Auto Five, a what five, six, seven-year-old game, is still charting. It's that's just amazing. Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. This is just a revamped version of Mario Kart Eight, and look at how well it's doing. The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild in its second year still a top 20 selling game just tells you what people are going for and even call of duty placing not once but twice in the top 20 list still makes it effective as an overall top selling AAA franchise in my opinion monster hunter world that was a january release and kudos to them for actually being able to stay within the hunt in the top 20 and just shows you that if you have a good game that gets good buzz and actually is promoted very well, it can sell at almost any point in time in the year. And I think it's a precursor for what we could see with Kingdom Hearts 3. If the buzz is good on that game, because it's coming out next week, it could do similar numbers as Monster Hunter World. I'm not sure yet. We're going to talk more about that on the Monday episode, but we'll have to wait and see. 
Your thoughts, though, on the biggest surprise, because I have my thoughts on the biggest surprise out there, but your thoughts on the biggest surprise when it comes to what's either on or not on the top 20 in 2018. Well, I am crazy surprised that Far Cry is on this list because, you know, if Ubisoft has proven anything, it's that when it comes to gaming controversies, like there's doesn't seem to have an effect on the sale of a game because Far Cry was swimming in controversy, right? It was there are people who were offended at it, people who wanted more offensive stuff in it. It's such a divisive game. But I mean, what do you think of that whole concept, though? Do you think that bad publicity is good publicity when it comes to a game like Far Cry? Because people really want to see just how outrageous it is. That and the fact that the advertising and promotional work during that period of time was very well done. I remember the marketing very clearly, and I thought it was very well done. Plus, at that point in time, the good high-profile game releases are not as plentiful as they are in September, October, November, and the first part of December. We've talked about this before on our game preview that we did last year going into the fourth quarter that there was like a murderer's row and a lot of games like Shadow of the Tomb Raider, for instance, that would get buried under it, and it did. It didn't even appear anywhere near on this list. So that tells you right there, if you have a good game plan when it comes to marketing, and you also set yourself up well, if you're a game that comes out maybe with a little bit of breathing room on both sides where players can just go ahead and focus on your game, it will translate into a lot of dollars. And we saw in the early months of the year and also in the middle months that Far Cry 5 was not only charting, but at the top of the list. And those sales seem to have carried over for the rest of the year. But the biggest surprise to me. And it's not a biggest surprise as far as why, but the biggest surprise was that even with lukewarm reviews and a lot of cases really bad reviews and the fact that it was such a major disappointment, and we've also wrote about this recently when it comes to what Bethesda is thinking in regards to this game, and that is Fallout 76 being nowhere on the list. And for Bethesda and for one of its two major franchises in Fallout, that is a big surprise. It tells you what kind of disappointment that game was. And unfortunately for the future for Fallout 76, that it's not going to have much of a future unless it goes free to play. But still, even if that's the case, that's still not going to do it any favors. Yeah, but at this point, the publicity for Fallout 76 is so bad that I don't think there's really any any way that they're going to make anywhere close to you know the top 20 best-selling games. It's not going to make any list at any point in time in the future. It barely made the list for the month of December on one console only. So I foresee a lot of issues and probably an early out for Bethesda at some point in time when it comes to Fallout 76. But to not see it on the top 25, even with middling reviews to bad reviews, I still think was kind of a surprise to me. Any last thoughts on the top 20 before we head on out on this portion of the program? You know, like you said before, I'd be interested to see if you were to add digital sales to this, if we'd be seeing a different order. I definitely think we would be, especially when it comes to Nintendo games, which charted on the lower end of the top 20, plus also a game like Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. I think that would chart even higher. Would it beat Red Dead Redemption 2 and Call of Duty? I'm not sure it would do that, but I, I think it would probably surpass NBA 2K19 and finish at least third if not higher. 
And then some of those other games that were at the bottom end of the top 20 from Nintendo, I think they would chart a little bit higher as well. So it just speaks to the volume of Nintendo that even if they're not sharing their numbers digitally, that they're still charting so many games in the top 20 of 2018. It speaks to the popularity of the Nintendo Switch and why it was the biggest selling console of 2018. With six games in the top 20, they did an outstanding job alone, even with just physical sales. Just imagine what their year was like, including everything that was sold on digital. What are your thoughts out there on the top 20 video games of 2018? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Coming up next, we've got a great interview from CES. It's our friends at Arosi Gaming Chairs. They just introduced out into the marketplace a Star Trek gaming chair that you can sit down and maybe drink some Earl Grey tea and engage number one and do all that as you're going ahead and battling everything out on your PC out there or anything else you want to go ahead and do with some great gaming chairs provided by Rosie. It's coming up next right here on the PCC Multiverse. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. All right, we're back once again right here at CES 2019. You know what? I felt like going ahead and, and you know, with, this, with the amount of time that I spend as far as video games and as far as reviewing products and things of that nature and also writing great articles for our websites and also recording our television and radio shows that, you know what, I thought I'd go ahead and look into some of the premier places to go when it comes to gaming chairs and also chairs for the office as well. And what better place to go to right here at CES 2019 than the folks at Arosi and here with me today is Nate Moline talking about all the great things going on at Arosi. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. Well, I want to hear from you as far as not only the great things that you got going on at Arosi, but you guys announced at CES 2019 here a great new license that you picked up in Star Trek. So now people can go ahead and sit in the captain's chair. Is that correct? That's right, yeah. We just launched the Star Trek chair and desk yesterday. So the chairs come in three different colors the red, blue, and black. And the desk is just in one color, uh, but it also has the, the Delta sign of the Star Trek chair on there, or the uh, Star, Star Trek Delta sign on there. And it also has uh, some pretty cool uh, uh, space effects on there too. That's awesome, because you guys also have a regular gaming desk, a regular desk that you have out that I right. see here at CES 2019, which to me, first off, looks really cool really uh, great if you want to go ahead and you have your own custom layout like we were talking about as far as if you do your own custom pc work but also very sturdy and very supportive of what you want to do if you have a nice layout for your computer online system right the desk is uh, it's very large it can easily fit three monitors it's also a full surface mouse pad desk that's uh, machine washable and it's also uh, water resistant so if there's anything that spills on it you can just kind of push it right off 
and if you're into setups, uh, it's got a very unique uh, cable management system. So it's got three holes in the desk where wires can go through them into a basket underneath, and you can fit all your wires per perfectly uh, underneath there for a nice clean setup. And that to me is extremely important, and others like me that that do a lot of streaming, because uh, I'm on YouTube streaming at least twice a week, obviously for the show, and then if I do interviews and things of that nature, do gaming reviews, and all that type of stuff, that's important to have a desk that's not only supportive, but also reactive, and, and also be able to withstand the daily stuff that you go and put through it as if you're into the gaming and computer scene. Uh, so the desk has steel legs, so it can easily support like any like setup uh, it can support up to 65, uh, over 65 kilograms spread evenly throughout. So if you uh, have like a big, uh, big uh, PC that's uh, really big for like editing and stuff like that, it can handle that. If you want to do like a big monitor system, you can have several monitors. I've seen some people have up to four monitors on the desk. It can also easily fit, for example, like lighting around it too. So like I've seen people that have the lighting poles that go through the, the cable management holes and it fits perfectly and uh, particularly for streamers like that that want like that good lighting and stuff. Oh that's awesome, that's awesome indeed and now it comes not only in a beautiful red version which I saw right here on the floor but also now in a version with the Star Trek license so that's obviously going to be very appealing out there and like I said before one of the major announcements that you have is the Star Trek license Obviously, a rosy chairs, they're very beautiful, a lot of great designs, not only with or without the Star Trek license, you've got a lot of great things going on when it comes to the rosy gaming chairs. Right, so we have uh, lots of different kinds. We have like kind of like the basic, if you want just like a regular office chair, if you like the, the really high luxury, if you want like th 3D armrests, if you want to, to have the lumbar support pillow. We also have the pleather chairs and fabric chairs. And the big difference between those is if you want to have like an easy cleaning type chair, the pleather is perfect for that. But if you live in like a very warm climate, the fabric chairs are very breathable uh, and keep it cool while you're gaming if you're sitting there for a long period of time. One of the things I noticed with your chairs, and I noticed you probably, you saw me sitting down for quite a few minutes just trying to get that feel of when I'm at the desk. Um, I noticed with variations between ones that actually had arm supports, but also upper neck and head and lower lumbar support as well. Yeah, the lumbar support is a personal favorite. That's a huge back saver for me. When I go onto airplanes, for example, I always like to have a, a little pillow at my lower back. And it's also adjustable too. And uh, for some people that don't like it, you can easily just snap the, the snaps off and take it off. Uh, same thing with the, the head, headrest pillow. Uh, you can take that off if you want to. The chairs also have uh, a, lot, a lot more adjustability, like the rocking function, uh, you can change the resistance for that. So if you like kind of like a rocking feeling, you can change the, the resistance with that. Uh, it also has, for some chairs, the pro mechanism, which means you can tilt the chair back and lock it in position. So if you're watching a movie or something like that, you can lock it in position, kind of tilt it back, and it's perfect for that. And we were talking before we went on the air about the interest that people in the streaming community now have for your products, which is great, like we're talking about name individuals that are available now that you can see on Twitch and, and all the other streaming platforms that, that are now buying up your products, like the desk, for instance, because that is a beautiful desk out there, I will tell you that. 
I want to ask you, is there any other products at Arosi that people need to be made aware of as far as what, what you also have? Because I saw a little bit other stuff that was mixed in as well. Right, we have uh, USB microphones, so they have easy plug-in access if you're uh, someone who's on TeamSpeak a lot or you want to be a streamer with some good uh, audio quality. Those are perfect for that. We also have different pickup patterns with that for if you want to do, for example, an uh, interview. Uh, it has the bi-directional pickup pattern. Uh, there's some that have the gain, so if you want to change the sensitivity with that. And we also have uh, PC glasses as well. So if people that are worried about the, the blue light that comes from screens and uh, or someone who's sitting at their computer a lot, it's perfect. I, I wear the glasses every day at work since I sit at my computer for eight hours a day. And then I go home and game, which I need them even more. So the, the glasses with the blocking that blue light is perfect. All right, what's your preference? What's your game? Overwatch, I gotta say. I'm uh, a hardcore Overwatch fan. Well, they just announced more characters on the way for Overwatch. Blizzard is still supporting it greatly. That's great to see. Rumors that it may be going free to play at some point in time. That might still happen at some point in time this year. But like I said, it's just still they're, they're, they're supporting it greatly. Uh, so there you go. Overwatch fan right there for you. Fortnite, PUBG, watch out because Overwatch is still uh, very, very popular. And you know what? There's no better way to play Overwatch than a lot of great stuff that, that's going on with the, uh, with the Rosie, with their gaming chairs, their gaming desk, the apparatus. You can do streaming, uh, especially. I, and that's what I noticed from the overall feeling is that you're really looking out for the gamers that are out there, but also the streamers and podcasters as well. Right. Uh, for Overwatch, we uh, actually went to DreamHack in Sweden and we slept in our chairs. And one of our partners, his name is The Real Kenzo. He, if you ever want to see some very cool sniping in uh, Overwatch with Widowmaker and Hanzo, he's, uh, he's very entertaining and very skilled. He's got some pretty cool videos with uh, people calling him a cheater and stuff like that. <laughs> so he's, he's very talented. He's, he's a really good guy. I actually, I do remember, recall that, uh, that, you know, that as far as the uproar within the esports community and regarding to that. But you know what? When you're that good, what are you going to do? People are going to be shouting you out all the time. And the haters going to hate. What yeah. are you going to do? But I will ask you one last question, my friend, and I truly appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today here at CES 2019, is you've got all these great products. You got the new Star Trek license. Where can people go to find out more about your products and also buy all these great products from the chairs, the microphones, the desk, and all the great stuff going on at Arazi? Uh, we have lots of different retailers. We also have retailers in Europe as well as the US. But if you go to arosi.com or arosi.se, you can find out uh, more information there. That's Arosi, A-R-O-Z-Z-I, arosi.com or arosi.se. That gets you on your way not only to look at everything they've got going on, to find out more information there, but also points you in the great direction of all the great retailers you've got right there for you. All right, well, that sounds great. Nate, it's been a pleasure having you a part of CES 2019 right here. So great to have you on the show and part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thank you so much. Hope you enjoy the rest of the show, too. Oh, thank you. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. I want to thank the folks at Arosi and also as well Plantronics, the awesome folks. and all, They were so gracious at both of those booths at CES 2019. Cannot thank them enough for taking the time to speak to me. All right, my friend, I just wanted to share some thoughts real quick because I know the Royal Rumble is around the corner this weekend. I know you're not too much into wrestling anymore, but I know pro wrestling is still a great portion of what we do here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. 
my thoughts on the Royal Rumble is that it's just not generating enough enthusiasm as it once did years ago. I still think it's a situation where the WWE has to go ahead and recognize this with falling ratings and the fact that they've got Fox coming around the corner. They have to realize what they need to do is something different than what they're doing. But for now, I think in the main events, I think Brock Lesnar versus Finn Balor. I still see Brock Lesnar winning out on that one. Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. I still see Daniel Bryan winning that. But I wouldn't be 100% surprised if AJ Styles regains his championship. Ronda Rousey is still a name to them. And obviously, she's very expensive. So she's going to probably keep her title against Sasha Banks. Rusev versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Either which way, these guys don't move the needle anymore for WWE, but if you're going to go ahead and give it to someone, I'd say maybe Shinsuke Nakamura should win it back. Asuka versus Becky Lynch. I personally like Asuka. I think she's one of the tremendous athletes that are out there in the professional wrestling world, but unfortunately, Becky Lynch is extremely popular, and I think she's going to regain that back and head into WrestleMania as the SmackDown's women champion. When it comes to the tag team match that's out there, the Bar versus The Miz and Shane McMahon, that shouldn't even be on there. But I will say, as far as a fluke win or something that they're going to do, I'd probably say The Miz and Shane McMahon are probably going to take the championship just to create some type of enthusiasm. Can Buddy Murphy. give Shane McMahon what? a shout out for a minute because that man will literally do anything. What are the odds are of him hurting himself? I remember that from when I was into uh, Thursday Night SmackDown. Shane McMahon would literally do anything. If they want him to jump off of something, he would do it. Like that, that, that guy is a champ. He does those big spots. I will give you that. But now he's approaching my age. And at this point in time, he's not going to be able to do as many big spots in the past. I know a lot of people in the industry don't like the fact that when he goes ahead and shows up for these one or two time spots, when he shows up at a big card or WrestleMania, but the fact is there's no one in his place that could come in and step in and and actually generate as much enthusiasm because they don't have big stars that generate enthusiasm in the WWE right now. And I think that's a bigger problem than anything. He's my age. So I don't expect as much anymore. He's going to try and do something crazy either here or at WrestleMania. But you know what? At this point in time, I think for a gimmick thing, they're going to probably give him and the Miz at least a short run as champions. Buddy Murphy as a 205 light heavyweight, cruiserweight champion, whatever you want to call it, it really doesn't matter because that division, the 205 division, really has not been put in any type of good spotlight at at this point in time. So I guess I'm going to probably have to say, is he going to keep the title? Either that or I'd probably go with Hideo Itami as far as the reach right now. Let's talk about the main events for the show, the Women's Royal Rumble and the Men's Royal Rumble. I think when it comes right down to it, I see Charlotte Flair winning the Women's Royal Rumble because I think she's the biggest name not involved in the world title matches. And when it comes to the men, well, since John Cena is rumored to not be involved, he's rumored to be injured and all that, I think at this point in time, you got to give it to Braun Strowman. I wish they would have given him the ball and ran with it last year when he really had a lot of momentum going forward. But I think at this point in time, a Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman matchup at WrestleMania is around the corner. So those are my thoughts on the Royal Rumble. If you have your thoughts on the Royal Rumble, or if you listen to this after you've seen the show, we'd love to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. My friend, it's been another great episode. I want to thank you so much for joining me. As always. Any last thoughts on the way out? 
No, I mean, we do need to talk about Resident Evil 2, maybe in the next episode. I'm hoping to play it this weekend, so hopefully I'll have something to say about it. And then also we need to talk about Kingdom Hearts 3 as well. Yes, and the fanboy versus casual gamer explosion of comments in the IGN and Polygon articles. Hilarious. Exactly, exactly. I know we're going to be talking about that and also leading into a great February with all the stuff going on with the Super Bowl, all the ads. I know a lot of people are excited about that. So we'll talk about the ads and all that good stuff going into the Super Bowl on the next week's PCC Multiverse. So I just can't wait to go ahead. It's going to be another great week coming up with Kingdom Hearts 3, the anticipation for the Super Bowl, and a whole lot more right here in pop culture. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Why should I listen to the Nerd Bliss Podcast? Because we go there. Where? Everywhere. Human sexuality. They don't care what's in your pants, they love you anyway. Time travelers. The problem is time will f*** back with you. Politics and fandom. What Star Wars has been prior to Disney. It is a white male-driven universe. Find us at nerdblisspodcast.com. And on social media at nerdblisspod. Part of this complete breakfast and the ESO Network. The The Nerd Bliss Bliss Podcast. Listen! You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.